Welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show with your host, Donnie Blanchard. Brought to you by GAF, the world's largest roofing manufacturer. We protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply in Raleigh, a roofing supplier with a different approach. Another exciting edition of the Carolina Contractor Show. Welcome. My name is Eric Smith. Across from me, dressed up and bundled warm, Mr. Donnie Blanchard. He's a general contractor. Welcome back, Donnie. Good to be here. Today's show is going to be very cool. We're going to kind of look into the future of building products, things you can do to the inside of your house, the outside, and a lot of them save you a lot of money if they work as advertised. That's right. So we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But what is the show about? Well, the website's the best place to start. TheCarolinaContractor.com. You've got links to the Facebook page. And we've got videos now up for people who have questions. We've talked about this before. If you have a question about your house, at the website's a little button called Ask the Contractor, and you can submit your questions. And we've been filming some of these questions in the studio and uploading them up on the YouTube site. You can find that through Mm -hmm. the website, too. Yes, I think we're going to do a YouTube push, an Instagram push, and a TikTok of all places because people go to TikTok for instruction, it seems. I thought it was a kid thing, but apparently not. No. So if you want to check out the videos that we've uploaded so far, hit the website for that. Uh, We also got links to past shows. If you want to download them, the podcast site is up there. Whatever your favorite format is, whether it's the iHeartRadio app or you like it through Google or Apple or or whatever, we've got them all up there at the website. Again, start at thecarolinacontractor.com. Now, before we get into today's show, I did want to mention I was watching some uh, finance news. A few months ago this summer, especially, we're talking, Donnie, about Mm -hmm. maybe the cost of houses are going to drop some, but home builder stocks are taking off. And the average increase per house because of supply chain, materials, inflation, all this, what do you think it is? Uh, 20, 25,000. About $18,000 per house increase Mm -hmm. versus this time last year. So you think that would have an impact on the number of people having houses built? Right. Not at all. People are saying, go ahead, tack on the extra price, build my house, and therefore home builder stocks are taking off. Yep. Probably attributed to that interest rate staying so low. I think when that interest rate goes up a couple of times by the end of this year, we may be singing a different tune on that. But Yeah, I think last week he said maybe four times yeah. this year in 2022. So Wow, I hope not. People want to yep. build houses the way they want them and they're willing to pay for it. Right. Another thing I've been seeing that's selling more than it ever has are safe rooms. So you can buy these prefab online and of course, they have um, a lot of ways that you can build these individually inside a, a house or even a storm shelter outside of a house. And FEMA is actually the authority on safe rooms. So you wouldn't think that they would be tied to this um, among all these other things that they are in with. But uh, FEMA has a lot of good information on their website regarding building a safe room. I know that just buying one individually could be anywhere from five to $10,000, depending on the size. But especially on the West Coast, these things are selling like hotcakes. Another thing that I read when I was checking into these safe rooms is that some homeowners insurance companies are giving a discount on your premiums if you do have a storm shelter within so many feet of your house or a safe room built within. So worth noting. All right. So let's go to today's subject on the Carolina Contractor Show. It's not really a crystal ball thing. These are things Donnie himself has researched, but new building products, and these can be commercial or residential But some of them are very interesting, and one of them is maybe the way we not only paint our houses and our offices and whatnot, but what these paints and materials can do. Right. Well, there was a long list, and I had to narrow these down to the ones that I thought would be the most useful or contribute to the life or the efficiency of a house. And the first one I'll start with is this spray-applied water-resistant barrier. And basically what this does is it takes the place of house wrap. So when you drive by a new construction house, you see 
uh, Tyvek or a comparable version of that that's wrapped around the house. And of course, they're put on with button caps or another type of uh, fastener. And um, the wind gets under these. Of course, it could tear these back off and they may just require a little maintenance between the time the framing packages is complete and when you do your siding or veneer. But basically, this is a membrane that is sprayed on and the way they do it is similar to the way they would do drywall tape. So they would spray all the joints and they would embed a mesh tape on the joints to all the vulnerable points where air can penetrate the envelope of the house. But then they spray as much as 20 mils of thickness. So to put that in perspective, the plastic under your house, we preach about six mil is the, the uh, thickness of that. This would be more than three times that thickness. So that's nothing to sneeze at. But the advantage to this product is that there's no seams, uh, laps, no fasteners. And we always talk about how spray foam on the inside of a house eliminates convective heat transfer. This is basically doing the same thing, but you're doing it from the outside and it's completely airtight and completely waterproof. So technically, you wouldn't have to put a siding over top of this if you didn't want to. I'm sure it looks hideous, but Mm -hmm. uh, you really don't need a siding or a veneer for the finished product of the house after this is applied. And if I had to compare it to something to give you a visual to you, it'd be like a spray-in truck bed liner, similar product. I think, Donnie, Rhino Shield is one of those companies now that you think truck liner beds, but they're now spraying exterior houses and and the walls, Mm -hmm. and it's giving the same benefits that you just mentioned right here. So it could be one of those type things where you paint your house once or twice in the lifetime you live there and it has a whole lot of other benefits tied into it than just paint. Absolutely. All right, let's go to something else. The top of your house, not the roof in particular, but how we might get energy from it, uh, solar shingles. Mm -hmm. Now, our boy who likes to make his electric cars, Elon Musk, his company, Tesla, started doing this. We talked about this, what, a year or so ago? Yep. A little over a year ago, we're talking about these solar shingles. I want you to think about your roof of your house, and instead of traditional shingles, these are glass shingles. Elon Musk said that it was going to take over Mm -hmm. roofing, and he actually said the one year, he listed a year, it was going to be just the monster thing. Mm -hmm. That was last year, and it never happened. Nope. The reason being is the dollar signs. This is from 2020. The average price for Tesla's solar roof initiatives with the glass tiles started at $42,500. Do you really want a roof that the starting price is $42,500? I agree with all that, and, and the answer is no on my end. And uh, I think they're having a, a hard time finding qualified installers. And uh, we always talk about GAF because that's a company that we partner with daily. But uh, GAF has spawned out a smaller company called GAF Energy, and GAF Energy has uh, partnered with an existing solar company that's been around for 100 years. And what they've managed to do. Uh, is come up with a solar shingle and and basically this solar shingle the big breakthrough with this one is that the installation is so much easier than the tesla roof so where a tesla roof may take as many as two weeks three weeks to install this one is a two-day install Mm -hmm. and the magic there is that these uh, these solar panels that go uh, are integrated with the shingle are actually nailed in just like a shingle roof Um, another point worth mentioning is that the roofers, the guys installing this are the ones that are able to make the electrical connections. Whereas on a Tesla roof, of course, you have several hands involved to uh, make everything jive and work together. So uh, I think their goal with this was that 30 times more roofs get installed than solar panels. And basically the goal was to make that gap smaller. So they needed to incentivize homeowners to go ahead and make the jump to solar and without charging them an arm and a leg. I think the numbers I read were around two to 300,000 solar panel systems get put in every year versus 5 million people who either get a roof replaced or have a roof installed. 
I bet there's a bunch of extras you have to have to make it all work. For sure. And another innovation that they mentioned was worthy of noting that all the wiring is on the outside. So basically, there's a waterproof cover that you can access all the wiring on top of the roof versus all the wires uh, and connections being buried under those heavy solar panels or in an attic space. So you don't really have to access the same areas that you would with a traditional solar panel system. Mm-hmm. Um, the electrician basically just comes and inspects behind the roofers after they make these connections. And of course, he has to install the inverter that ties into the regular solar system and that ties into the grid. Now, the- what worries me is storms. Right like hurricanes and stuff, what yep. are the ratings? They commented on that as well, and that actually this glass is hail-resistant, as well as the, the Tesla system is hail-resistant, to be fair. But uh, this one can withstand 130-mile-an-hour wind, so the wind rating is always important when you're talking about an asphalt shingle roof. But one of the coolest things that I saw is that it can be walked on. So that's oh. unprecedented in the solar world. And Just make you, sure you clean your shoes before yeah, you do it. Right. That's exactly right. Um, I did a little more digging to try to find out where they're making these panels or who they're buying these panels from in terms of a production line, but uh, they're not real clear on that. They did uh, make it a point to comment that they are not made in China, so that's always good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess what it really comes down to is dollars and cents. You know, on a, a solar, if you're pitching a solar uh, panel system for a house, you know, the, the payback period is everything. So they're claiming that these uh, GAF energy solar shingles are half the cost of the Tesla system in any given market. So that's a really big deal in terms of uh, getting your money back on an investment. And it might be something, you know, 10, 20 years from now, it's so common and easy to hook up. Right. You could imagine having that much surface area, you could have a big impact on your total electric bill. Right. If you drove an electric car, you could pull in, plug it in, and it would be charged from the roof of your own house. So we're not against the idea, just maybe right. not happening next week. I think if I were looking at this from a standpoint of SureTop Roofing and how I would pitch this product, and we did make contact with these folks to see you know, just when it would be available in North Carolina. So mm-hmm. I may have some more information on that on a future show. But if I'm pitching this product from SureTop Roofing, I would say to a homeowner, hey, you know, I can install this. And not only will this pay for the, sol- the additional charge for the solar panels, uh, it'll pay for the shingle install as well. So that always sounds good if you can buy a roof that will pay you back in yeah. a short amount of time. We've talked about this in past shows, Donnie, but 3D printing, it started off when it was cool that someone could make a small item, right? 3D right off a special printer, but wow, we can build houses now. Yeah, they, um, the, the big thing with 3D printing, and, and they claim speed and efficiency, and if you've ever watched a YouTube video of how this goes down, mm-hmm. it's fascinating. I mean, the way that it's basically like a small 3D printer that you would have uh, on your desk or on your table at home, and they have magnified that to actually sit on a job site, and uh, it's just a really cool thing to watch. They have videos on YouTube where they increase the speed so you can watch a whole home build in just a few minutes, and uh, I just recommend that if you're into construction or that sort of thing. But uh, as far as the speed and efficiency, they say that um, you know this could be a real big asset to humanity. Even uh, after a natural disaster, you could build uh, shelters in a day or two just to have a place for people to sleep when they're you know homeless after a tornado or you right. know heaven forbid there be thousands of people without a roof over their head after a storm. You lose everything, and at least you can. Uh, have a place to sleep while you rebuild your life. But these things supposedly can build a six to 800 square foot house in 24 hours. It's amazing to think about. And also not only from natural disasters, but places where you can't get all the materials to build a traditional house, you could build houses remotely. Yeah. That being said, they don't have any waste associated with 3D printing. So basically the byproduct of what you have is just generated by what you bring. So uh, nothing to throw away and that's incredibly efficient. And one thing that I thought was cool is that now they're experimenting with recycled material. So once that catches on and becomes a thing, we'll figure out what can be recycled and 
you know, regenerated into a into a home. You see it coming quickly or um, I do. I think parts and pieces of houses will be quick. I think in the next couple of years, we'll start to see that it makes sense to 3D print a part of a house and just have that brought on site and install that versus printing whole houses by 3D is going to take a good decade to catch on. But, uh, you know, just like TVs and everything else, the equipment cost will come down and people will be trained to use this technology a lot better in the next few years. And manufacturers will change their strategies to, you know, make everything efficient and more cost effective. And I think eventually the benefits of this 3D printing thing will far outweigh the challenges and the cost. So I think it will catch on. There's, there's no way around it, especially in the commercial construction world. But, um, you know, one thing that, that's already happening that I'm seeing is that concrete 3D printing. So things like uh, driveway pipes and things that are made in concrete cast uh, don't have to be that way anymore. So where you would normally have a form, you'd pour the concrete in, wait for it to set up, then you take the form off. If the form can't be reused, of course, that's a lot of waste associated with that. But now I guess they would just print a driveway pipe in circles all the way up. And of course, when you're done printing it, it's ready to go. Nothing to throw away and it's got to be a cheaper way to do it. I uh, also saw when they mentioned using recycled material that they're working on ways to make these be ran on solar or wind power. So sometime in the future, you could see an actual 3D printer on a job site that has little wind turbines on all four corners that's powering the thing. And It is kind of neat. And do we have a cost for what it would to build a small six, 800 square foot house? I was going to comment on that. There's a really good read. Uh, there's a company called New Story, and they're kind of pioneering this technology and running with it. But they were some early adopters of this technology and they really ran with it. So they built a lot of these smaller houses like you just mentioned. And they say that they can do these for less than $10,000 per house. And wow. I think, yeah, if you look up the company, they've built their nonprofit and they've built almost a thousand of these just in the last few years. So they're really ahead of the curve. But all affiliations aside, nobody likes to see a homeless person. And no. I think that if this is something that will fight homelessness in our country, it's just nothing but a good thing. And I also think about the new trend in tiny houses. Mm-hmm. So you could now build tiny houses right. in a day. Right. I mean, a 600 to 800 square yep. foot home built or materials for it printed in 24 hours. Yep. You're definitely right. You got the land for it. You could make a big impact on people who can't afford homes right now right. or just the lack of homes. Yeah. The lack of affordable housing is is something that I'm seeing because houses just cost so darn much that some people just can't afford to make the move or take on a, a whole house as that kind of investment for where they are mm-hmm. in life. And starter uh, homes. Yeah. Starter homes. This is going to be great for. And I just think this is going to be a good solution for a lot of things that we're up against now. All right. This is the Carolina Contractor Show or the halfway point. If you want to go to the website, the carolinacontractor.com is the place to head. We're talking about new building products in the future. And this is another one we talked about. We're, we're just on cutting edge. We talked about <laughs> this several times before. I think it's scary. You say it's good. <laughs> it's self-healing concrete. Right. So go ahead and explain what self-healing concrete is, Donnie. When we talked about this on a previous show about a year or so ago, I got some really good feedback. And I mean, it's a very interesting product. And I'll preface this by saying that my concrete guy always says there's only one guarantee with concrete and that it it will crack. It's guaranteed. And we talked about that on a concrete show that that's why you put control joints in there. So you actually dictate where the crack will happen. But uh, basically, this self-healing concrete is a way that they try to head off cracks in larger buildings or bridges or dams, things that you can't afford to have a failure with the concrete. And basically they uh, infuse the batch of concrete with these little water permeable capsules. So they mix it into the wet concrete while it's being made. And of course it comes out to the site on the concrete truck. And once that concrete sets up and dries, these capsules full of this bacteria are actually suspended in that concrete. So they'll stay there dormant as long as they need to. And I think the comparison was, Kind of like packets of dry yeast. Okay. So, yeah. uh, you know, it doesn't have a shelf life, in other words. 
But when a crack opens up in the concrete, of course, water goes in the crack uh, eventually, and uh, these water permeable capsules with the bacteria will allow the bacteria to be activated. So once that bacteria is activated, it produces calcite. Well, without a long explanation on that, it's kind of like limestone. So it will produce and form this limestone in the crack that will actually close the crack back up and you don't have any maintenance. So it does a lot of good things. And of course, it prevents a structure from failing, which is the most important thing. It just sounds spooky. As I said before, yeah. then your sidewalk will become self-aware. self-aware. <laughs> I d- I'm, I'm just mixed on inanimate objects healing themselves. But right. you but you think about that, you see those cracks, this will help reduce them. They're going to happen. Right. But now what if you, you've got a driveway you've already poured, but it yep. didn't have this stuff in it? Uh, you can actually retro apply this. So it, it, it's such a simple product. And that's why I like it so much because it's a, it's a really easy concept to understand and it works just like it's supposed to. But it's something as simple as a pump sprayer. You could, you could go over a concrete driveway with cracks in it and technically this will fill the cracks and heal your concrete driveway <laughs> healed <laughs> we're gonna have a charismatic revival here i think it's a game changer for older buildings so you think about in europe you know they're out of space they have to work with what they have and so uh they you know applying this to a 300 year old column and then that column you know being structurally sound after the fact and not having to be torn down and rebuilt is a game changer yeah. Well, let's stick with concrete a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. This is spelled XYPEX. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it is Zypex. Zypex. Yeah, we've hit on this a few times. And Zypex is just a fascinating product. And it's similar to the self-healing concrete, but a little bit different. And um, uh, the guy that owns the concrete company uh, in my town actually told me that this is something that he had used to retro waterproof basement walls and things. But we'll get to that. And what this product is, is something that will fill up the pores in concrete without a long explanation, but concrete is porous and people think about it's a hard uh, building material, but in fact, it does have these tunnel-like uh, capillaries. That's a good way to describe mm-hmm. it. And that's a natural part of concrete's mass. So basically they, they permit the passage of water through concrete. So if you see uh, any kind of masonry product that gets saturated, of course, those those capillaries in the concrete are where the water moves. Right. And Zypex capitalized that as, you know, water is the medium for uh, the water to try or for the product to travel down and through the concrete. So basically you mix the Zypex with water and put it on as an admixture. And this process makes a chemical reaction between the Zypex, the moisture and the byproducts of the cement. So basically it forms this non-soluble crystalline, similar to when we mentioned limestone in the self-healing concrete, but uh, it fills all those capillaries and pores and it renders the concrete solid and waterproof. You can put it on with a brush, almost like a waterproofing agent on the outside of a house. Uh, and f- for that matter, you can use it as a waterproofing agent. It's a little more expensive than the traditional product, but it does work well. And you could also add this to the concrete batch, similar to the self-healing concrete bacteria as an admixture. So uh, the the instance that I learned about Zypex on was a basement that had a waterproofing problem down at the base of the basement wall. So at the very bottom of the wall, they applied this product and... Uh, it made its way through the basement wall, and they were actually able to waterproof this thing from the inside wow. out. You know, that's fascinating. What, and What's the cost on this? It sounds expensive. Um, it it has gone up this year like everything else, but um, it's if it's something that you need a small repair on, you know, it could only be two or $300. Oh, that's nothing. It's I was thinking four figures for a small repair. Very minor, yep. And when they, inst- when they add it to the concrete at the plant, I think it's $50 per cubic yard. And to put that in perspective, 
a concrete truck holds about nine yards of concrete. So you're talking $450, $500 to add it to the whole batch of concrete just to make that solid and non-porous. It makes it your concrete harder and it's less likely to crack. So where one will deal with the crack after it happens, this one prevents the crack altogether. And, um, you know, if you use it for a waterproofing agent, like I mentioned on a basement wall, it can't be damaged by the backfill. So when you're putting the dirt back around the basement, basically um, waterproofing agent can be damaged and of course let water through eventually without the use of a protective board on the outside. Um, it is fully recyclable. So if you ever have concrete that has this in there, it, you know, that concrete can be recycled where other waterproofing agents, they don't qualify for that. It resists hydrostatic pressure better than other waterproofing agents. So when you backfill that dirt against a wall, the water and the dirt are always putting pressure on that basement wall. So Mm -hmm. a waterproofing agent that resists that is a good thing. And depending on the size of the crack that you're using this on, you know, it can take effect and work like it's supposed to in just a few days. Absolutely amazing technology. Now let's move on to another thing, which is kind of cool. These are called hydro ceramics, and this is an exterior yep. treatment. I had never heard of this and Donnie was talking to me about it before the we started the show. Mm-hmm. Talk about saving some serious money on your HVAC bill. Let's get into hydro ceramics. Yeah, this will be something that probably won't catch on for a few years, but when it does, you'll start to see it in uh, commercial applications primarily. But uh, basically the concept for this has been around for a long time and what they're doing is they're making a ceramic material sandwich. And so in between the two layers of ceramic, there's fabric and what they call hydrogels. And hydrogels are where the magic happens because uh, say you have these panels on the outside of your building and uh, once your building envelope absorbs the heat from the sun, these hydrogels allow that heat to evaporate. So the building surface temperature is reduced by as much as 30%. And uh, that 30% figure also translates to the inside because they say if this works like it's supposed to, especially in a hotter climate, that you could save as much as 30% on your heating and air cost. This is a Carolina Contractor Show. Today's subject, we're talking about new building products. The last thing we're going to talk about today is smart glass windows. We've always said the place where you lose the most heat or the most air conditioning of a house is a window because you've cut a big hole in your wall and you've put glass in its place. Right. But Smart glass has really come a long way when it comes to windows. That's true. And to comment on what you just said, um, you know, your vulnerable points in the envelope of your house are always your windows. You know, we talk about beefing up a wall with a flash and bat insulation package, which is one inch of spray foam. And then, of course, an R19 behind that if you do have a two by six wall. Uh, that gives you as much as an R26, I believe, is the calculation. That's what I thought. <laughs> and, um, you know, you can have this beautiful R26 well-insulated wall. And then when you get to the window, the best window you can get, you know, at a decent price is an R3. Right. So that's where uh, your heat loss and your heat gain is going to happen. And if you ever notice in your house, you always have a heat supply register and they put those right in front of the windows, whether it be on the floor or the ceiling. And they do that strategically because that's where all the heat transfer takes place. Mm-hmm. I think the figure is in, in the United States is 4% of all energy use can be attributed to heating and cooling through the windows. So uh, that's a big number if you consider all the energy used as a whole. These smart windows are actually in the developmental phase still because they keep coming up with a better way to do it. What's out there right now was basically developed because these uh, commercial companies or people who work in commercial buildings figured out that natural light in these large windows Uh, Number one, they reduced electric light consumption, so that's better on your bills, but Mm -hmm. they keep people in a good mood, and that supposedly increases productivity. So uh, more windows, more windows, more windows is what they tell the designer. So, um, you know, from that, the invention of these intelligent glass uh, windows was born. So smart glass is basically this material that changes its heating capabilities depending on the amount of heating and air condition present in the house or outside the building. For example, the glass, it turns translucent during the summer months. So, of course, that still allows light to pass through, but it doesn't allow the heat transfer in the summer months. 
and basically your air condition doesn't have to work as hard if that's the case. Whereas in the colder months, uh, the glass becomes transparent and it allows more sunlight through to assist in heating the house up for the winter. Well, Donnie, could you use then a smaller AC system with something like this in your house? Technically, yes. So kind of similar to when you do spray foam as opposed to a traditional insulation package, I think the square foot number that we throw out there is 600 square feet per ton with traditional insulation. Mm -hmm. And you can get as many as a thousand square feet per ton if you have a uh, house with spray foam insulation. So you know, you can use a much smaller unit that's much cheaper to operate. And if these windows contribute to that, that's definitely could that definitely could be a thing. The first version of this, basically, the way they achieve this is they have these thin, they called nano coatings on top of a regular glass, and they have a slight electrical charge, and that's what controls the amount of the tint. So these things uh, learn the algorithms and the orientation uh, of the sun, and they basically make these windows smart, like we talked about. But to reiterate what's happening in hot weather, you know, windows are warmed up from the outside. They radiate that thermal energy into the building. And when it's cold outside, the windows are warmed up from the inside and they radiate that heat to the outside. So you that's your heat loss. This process is something they call radiative cooling. So basically, that's what they're offsetting with these smart windows. And they're giving you a way to control the heat transfer. A really cool read that I stumbled across when I was looking into this is that uh, these things have advanced. And when I mentioned earlier that they require a slight electrical charge for this tint to change on the windows, mm-hmm. you know, making them translucent and transparent. The latest, greatest product with these smart windows have done something a little different where they don't require the electrical charge, but they've added a thin layer of something they call vanadium dioxide. And that's a compound that basically changes uh, the window from an insulator to a conductor. And uh, the problem they ran into was that this didn't happen until the temperature got up to about 150 degrees, which is way more than than what we have. So the way they solved that problem was that they added tungsten to the vanadium dioxide, and that lowered the transition temperature down to 80 degrees. So basically at 80 degrees, when it senses that we're getting that much heat, it's going to block the heat out in the summer. But of course, below 80 degrees, it will allow all the light to pass through that's needed to help with the temperature inside the building or the home. Another thing that they added is between the glass and the the tungsten-infused vanadium, uh, they inserted a layer of transparent plastic, so that enhances the window's insulating properties. And I didn't get an R value on these because I think that because the window changes from translucent to transparent, it's Mm. not going to be a consistent R value. But uh, the good thing about this version or the latest version of this is that it's a passive system. So like I mentioned before, there's no need for an electrical current at all. So the big nemesis of every house or windows, that's where we lose all our energy. And this could be something that, especially with the new product where they talked about adding to it, the vanadium dioxide, you said, could make it where it does it by itself. Yep. Self-aware windows. Your (laughs) sidewalks, your concrete, and your windows will gain their own consciousness and knock on your door and ask for Sarah Connor. (laughs) Well, it's very interesting. And we're going to have this information up on the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. But again, these are things, these ideas and some of them are already being used but i think the future is going to look great we're both very excited about the idea of 3d printing to be able to print houses in 24 hours and solve a housing crisis that uh, definitely impacts the whole world right the one thing that i think is fascinating is if all these things come together you know it's really we talk about products being harder to get and supply chain issues but once all that gets straightened out just the innovation that's happened in the last couple years makes up for a lot of uh, our stalemate. So when we haven't been able to move on things, a lot of people are still working behind the scenes. And, you know, can imagine this this incredibly efficient house that has this spray applied water resistant barrier on the out, 
outside, you know, the really good insulation package on the inside and these solar shingles that are help paying for the utilities and maybe even some of the house payment. And, you know, you've got the uh, all your concrete is infused with Zypex, for instance. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've got these smart windows that, that work just like they're supposed to. And I could definitely see a realistic time in the future where, you know, we're getting 1,500 square feet per ton out of a heating and air unit. You know, a two-ton unit to run a 3,000-square-foot house is just unheard of, but I think it's coming. If you have a question for Donnie about your house, whether it's solar shingles or standard shingles or anything like that, click on the Ask the Contractor button and go ahead and shoot him a question. As a matter of fact, we're going to get some more videos loaded up of questions you've sent us. So be sure to check out the YouTube page for that as we uh, put more of those up. You guys have a great week. We'll see you again next time on the Carolina Contractor Show. Thanks for listening to the Carolina Contractor Show. Brought to you by GAF, the world's largest roofing manufacturer. We protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply in Raleigh, a roofing supplier with a different approach. Your roof is the most important part of your home. Make sure you're protected with SureTop Roofing. We're locally owned, operated, and have proudly been serving the Triangle for the last decade. Plus, we offer a 50-year warranty on our shingles and 10 years on labor. If you're a veteran, ask us about our Roofs for Troops rebate program. Visit SureTopRoofing.com and listen to our weekly radio show at TheCarolinaContractor.com. SureTop Roofing, we've got you covered.